0: Hey everyone, I'm Andrea Ferretti, and this is episode 129 of Yoga Land. Today I talked to Nika Quistgaard. Most of you are probably familiar with Nika. She's like my resident Ayurvedic consultant. She's been on the show, I think this might be her fourth or fifth time. I will put links to her other episodes on the show notes page, Today we talk about adaptogenic herbs through the Ayurvedic lens, obviously. So I did an episode a few months back with Claire Missingham about her using adaptogenic herbs and other natural holistic methods to help her cope with some of the side effects from an autoimmune disorder. And I wanted to just do another episode that was more of like a primer on adaptogenic herbs and, and how to use them and what they are. And she talks about a lot of really interesting things like when we think about it, of course, we know this, but the form of the herb is important. Is it a tea? Is it a raw powder? Do you take it with hot water? In Ayurveda, they often do these supporting herbs and heated alchemical preparations that she talks about. I ask her about triphala and ashwagandha and maca, which are all herbs that I have heard about so much over the years of just sort of dabbling in Ayurveda. So as we come into this very busy time of year, this darker time of year, at least in the Northern Hemisphere, and colder time of year, drier, windier, colder, vata season, I think it's just the perfect time to take stock of your energy, take stock of your stress levels, and incorporate any kind of support that you can. And that's the spirit of this episode. If you enjoy the podcast, please rate and review. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you get your podcast Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. I feel so fancy. I'm in all the places now. Also, Jason's 2019 training in San Francisco. We're thinking about it. It's coming up soon. So are you thinking about it? It starts, module one starts in February, February 11th through the 23rd. There's another module in May and there's another module in July. These are all San Francisco training dates. You can take the modules in any order that you want, and you can take them over however much time that you need to. The program is designed to be really flexible in that way because we know how hard it is to take that much time out of your life. Hard but worth it is the word on the street. That's what I hear from everyone. I'm very proud of him. Okay, enjoy the episode with Nika. So we're going to talk about adaptogens today. And I will tell you that I have been thinking about this topic for a while since my cancer diagnosis a few years ago, I take mushrooms and I have recently started taking rhodiola. And I think it's, it's sort of very trendy in like modern integrative health circles to t- talk about adaptogenic herbs. And then it came up recently on a podcast I did with Claire Missingham. And I thought after that episode, I thought, you know what, I'd like to back up a little bit and provide people with kind of like a primer, first of all. And then also the Ayurvedic perspective on adaptogenic herbs, and that's why I came to you.
1: <laughs> I love it. Well, I think that's really smart because they are in vogue and everywhere you look these days, and we're so used to trying to figure out how to respond to these bright, shiny objects. Mm-hmm. but we need a context. We need to know why you know what are we trying to accomplish here? So I think that's really smart. I'm glad that we're talking,
0: yeah. You know, you sent me some thoughts, and one of the first things you said, which makes total sense given the previous conversations we've had, is that Ayurvedic practice—you you wouldn't start with necessarily a category of herbs. You would start with the person sitting in front of you and and the details yes. of their situation. And I'm guessing you would also start with their imbalance. Yes, absolutely. Yay! Absolutely. I, lear- I learned something. <laughs> I get the prize. Ding ding ding.
1: <laughs> yeah. In fact. In Ayurvedic medicine, as it's practiced in a lot of India, even someone's nature or their doshic dominance is not something that the doctor will look for right away. You know, if I come into the hospital, let's say, with something oozing from my ear or whatever, they're not gonna say, let's see, is she a vata, a pitta, or a kappa? Or maybe some adaptogenic herbs would help her adjust to the stress of this acute situation. They're not looking at that, at the moment of trying to solve an immediate or an acute problem, mm-hmm. right? A lot of the time, I think that people get excited about whatever's in vogue as an answer to an acute problem they might be having. And that's usually not the best way to choose your answer. It's much better to understand what is your problem? What mm-hmm. is your imbalance, as you said, and what's the nature of that? And you know, where is it happening in the body? What tissues or what organs Is it a temporary situation or has it been chronic, all these things? And then, of course, we do want to know the overall situation of that person, um, their nature, their current situation. You know, are they under a lot of situational stress, for instance? Are they eating other than what they normally would, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that will help us start to know, do we need to add something into their situation, like possibly an adaptogenic herb of some kind, or maybe we need to take something away, Hmm. like the four bags of chips or whatever it is that's going on, you know. The frappuccino in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and that might be okay. It just depends. Everything depends on the reality and the specifics of what's really happening and what we tend to like to do because it's so easy, it's such a one-step solution. And also marketing makes everything kind of feel good, like the beautiful graphics and the smiling faces. It's like you just wanna leap up and pluck that perfect fruit and swallow that pill and you're done. And in reality, life is more beautifully complex and condition interdependent. And so we usually find out that while someone's developing a really difficult stress physiological reaction, it may have more to do with their finances or their relationship, you know, or their lifestyle or something. So we really always want to get a full picture look at someone and what their physical needs are, as well as what their mental emotional needs are especially if they're contributing to an acute situation and what's the overall picture and what's the most easy way to leverage starting to bring things back into balance it's not always especially when we're talking about stress and that's a lot of what we're talking about with adaptogenic herbs if we're trying to handle stress it might be just as easy to remove the source of stress As it is to make you more able to handle it, right?
0: Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, I mean this is something that's sort of been confusing. Well, not confusing. I just haven't really gone into enough enough depth to understand. Is whenever I read about adaptogenic herbs, people just say they help you adapt to stress, but the list of adaptogenic herbs is super long, and so they must all act differently. Yes. And also, the other thing I notice is that people tend to make drinks or teas or whatever with like tons of them in Mm -hmm. them. And I always wonder, is that really a good idea? You know, I don't really subscribe to the idea that more is better all the time. And so I would love to hear a little bit of your take on how they are different from an Ayurvedic perspective. Well, I love these questions because you,
1: these are questions that when you have the answers, you have some guiding principles to help you figure out you know, what yeah. you want to do. So these are great. So first I want to go back to this whole term adaptogen or adaptogenic, which is not an Ayurvedic term, but it's an idea that has been around for about, I think, 70 years now, something like that. And the idea I hear talked about in two different ways, though. One is that the intake of these plant substances are making you more adaptable to stressors, you know, more able to gracefully move through without symptoms. But another one that I've heard also is that the herb adapts to your needs. So it doesn't matter which one you take or how much you take, that it will just automatically do whatever you need.
0: Mm, Okay,
1: I've heard that. I've heard both of these described. Okay. So the question is, is the herb adapting to your need or is the herb helping you become more adaptive to your situation? Right. I don't know, honestly. Like I said, it's not an Ayurvedic term, but a lot of the herbs that are considered adaptogens are certainly used in Ayurveda, and I'll I'll talk to you about how. The other sort of subcategory or other buzzword that we see a lot is the idea of new tropics. You've probably heard that. Mm-hmm. And these also kind of come into the idea of adaptogenic, but more specifically to the brain, memory, cognitive function, focus. So that's another, it's a category of the category that I think we can put all together for the purposes of approaching, you know, what you want to do. In Ayurveda, we have a word called Rasayana. And as you probably know, the clinic that I had in India for some years, was called rasa ayurveda. Mm-hmm. Rasa means essence. It's a very interesting word that has a lot of meanings. It means juice. It means the plasma, like clinically, the plasma in the body, which is the basis of all other tissues in the body. And rasayana means the path back to juiciness, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's a huge aspect of what we're trying to accomplish in Ayurveda. Are we trying to accomplish it with everyone all the time? Is it always what we're trying to accomplish? No. Ultimately, yes. But at any given moment in what someone needs, they may or may not need that. They may instead need detoxification or a reduction of tissue or a reduction of fluids in the body with ultimately bringing them to becoming more balanced. Mm -hmm. So- Just to back up one more level, you've probably heard of Panchakarma, right? Mm -hmm. The Ayurvedic approach to detoxification and rejuvenation. And this has three parts when people choose to do it or need to do it for clinical reasons. The first is to soften everything up and juice everything up and get the toxins moving around so that they can be removed. The second part is to remove them. That's the actual panchakarma part. And the third major step is to rebuild the digestifier and then here comes the adaptogenic part. Once all the tissues and all the channels are clean and also a little depleted after that detoxification process, we want to re almost like reseeding and rebuilding the tissues with basically adaptogenic herbs we want to tonify the strength rebuild restore and strengthen every aspect of the body and the mind the brain is part of that so when we talk about nootropics we want to do this with anything that's going to make the overall organism strong so there's two things that i see adaptogenic herbs trying to do one is to make you more adaptive to dealing with stress in the moment, right? Mm-hmm. But the more foundational situation is, are you overall strong, solid, stable, relaxed, tonified, so that when something comes your way, something unexpected or stressful, it you, you just don't have such a thin skin. Right, you, you just don't feel that stress so much because you're good. So there I see that there are different types of herbs that are said to do more of the like stimulating your immune system right now like echinacea I don't think is actually considered adaptogenic but it will stimulate your immune system right now to handle you know some oncoming situation whereas most of the rasayana herbs are going to be root herbs that tonify that help sort of hypernutrify and rebuild your system, including your nervous system. So we just want to look at what is it, you know, what is it that someone needs? Do you need to get through stress right now because your partner is leaving you all of a sudden, or you lost your job, or your parent is ill, or something's happened, or your pet isn't okay, and you're going to have a few weeks of just feeling like a nervous wreck, something like that. That's not necessarily the time to start on a long tonifying regimen, Hmm. because it takes time for the deeper tonifying herbs to really accumulate their effect in your system.
0: I saw on the list, you have the Siberian ginseng. That's something I used to take like in my 30s at cold season when my immune system was just sort of like bombarded with colds. So would that be considered like a shorter act, a more immediate responding one? That might do both. Some of them might do both. Uh Some of them
1: might both build your deeper vitality and resilience while they also help you deal with what's coming at you right now. The trick is, you know, what is it that you need? Do you need nervous system support? Do you need immune support? Do you need muscle strength support? Because another big aspect of these is longevity. I mean, that's a stated aspect in Ayurveda is that Rasayana is also meant to help support your longevity. So what is it exactly this is what a doctor looks for, you know, what's the problem or what are we trying to accomplish here mm-hmm. and what are our most efficient and least harmful options to get to that almost designing a treatment plan. Mm-hmm. So, some people like to just play around with herbs. Oh, I'm taking CBD oil. Oh, I'm trying rhodiola. I'm, you know, I'm j- they just it's almost like a hobby mm-hmm. to try out supplements and see what the effects are. But if you know you need something in particular, then look for that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's that simple. So a lot of the big formulations, what I want to say about formulas, is that we honestly, in classical Ayurveda, we rarely prescribe or administer one herb. Or as they say in India, a single drug. You know, a plant is a drug.
0: It's like that in Chinese medicine, too. My my herbal formulations were always... Formulations specifically done by that practitioner mm-hmm. for you, specifically. yeah,
1: yeah, and that makes a lot of sense for a couple of reasons. This may not apply though to all these cool mixtures available online and at the health food store. You know, who is creating these, and who are they creating them for? When a mixture is created for every person then you kind of have to wonder. Mm-hmm. Because that starts getting into an abstract projection of everyone needs this. And here you go.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's just nine ninety nine ninety nine or whatever. <laughs> and, and you'll be amazing. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Because we all have different needs. And even each one of us has different needs at different times. But what does make sense about formulation is this. The first important thing to realize is that Uh, when we look at a lot of adaptogenic herbs, most of them are root herbs. And most of those need to be taken in several grams at a time, like three to five grams a day. I I heard Claire talking about all the pills you have to take, you know, if you're taking pills, because they're more like a superfood, really. Hmm. The ones that are tonifying that are really going to deeply nourish your immune system, your nervous system. So Those require, really, to be efficiently absorbed and delivered to the right places in the body. They will do better not on their own. They will do better if you help them with what we call supporting herbs, carrying herbs. They're often processed with heat or some kind of cooking or some kind of almost alchemical in in traditional Ayurveda preparations that involve, you know, mixing things together and burying them in a clay pot under a fire for a certain amount of time or different things that happen. And the whole point is to make goodness of the ingredients easy for your body to recognize and absorb correctly. So like
0: more bioavailable. Yeah, more bioavailable. Exactly. So what's an example
1: of a carrier herb? Well, let me just say one other thing about the idea of putting them together. There is an experience that we all have that when we're working in a team of other people with a shared purpose, but with some overlapping, but dissimilar skills and talents, our individual weaknesses fall away, right? And we pull together, let's say four or five of us together, get into a team to accomplish something at work. And we shine and we get it done and we don't cause any problems because as a team, we really are more powerful and more efficient because we recognize who can do what, you know, if we have a good team, right? Mm -hmm. If we have a bad team, not so good. (laughs) Then we get less done, more chaos, more inefficiency, and maybe, you know, some damage along the way. Right. So so that's part of the idea too, putting things together, the right things in the right amount really brings out the beneficial qualities and leaves side effects behind. You're more likely to have side effects with single herbs, especially just raw and unprepared single herbs, than if you have them harmonized together in a formula and in a form that's right for you. And Mm. forms are another thing. Is it a tea? Is it a raw powder? Is it, in Chinese medicine, in chicken soup, we also do bone broth herbal soups in ayurveda for this rasayana what is the form is it in ghee is it with honey is it in hot water all of these things make a difference to how it is absorbed and then backing up sort of telescoping out a little bit what is the digestion of that person you know can't, are they even in a state to be able to digest this because we make the mistake a lot of the time of buying a cool tea and doing nothing to Change our diet, or we take the herbal tea, you know, maybe once, a couple times a week and think that it's going to have a lasting effect when we don't realize we need to make sure our digestion is ready to get all the goodness out of this and not leave any kind of excess waste product because it couldn't handle it. Because the adaptogens, the roots, are usually a little harder to digest. And how, are we taking these at a time where we're not having them compete with, let's say, a prescription medicine that we're taking? Have we cleaned up our diet enough so that the stuff can get where it needs to go? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And so all these things kind of contribute. So it sounds complicated, but it's really not. It's just looking at the levels of what do I need? Do I need something acute or do I need something to build me back up? How are the pathways for getting there, and does the main substance that I'm after does it have some support? So an example might be like licorice is an adaptogenic root. it almost has a steroidal type effect hmm. in the system. yeah, it's really interesting. there's always a caveat with licorice that it can cause a rise in blood pressure for some people, and so it has to be monitored and of course. Any of these things you want to try if you're taking any medications, if you have any conditions, or if you have any questions, you need to talk with your healthcare practitioner. Mm-hmm. But so licorice is a demulcent, which means it's softening and moistening and brings more moisture into the tissues, in addition to it having an immune modulating effect. And it's a kind of a heavier thing to digest. So you want to support that with maybe some dry ginger, depending on the person, of course, whether they need a more cooling or a more warming formula, right? So those are some of the things we would look at. Mm -hmm. And are we going to give this to them in a powder in ghee or cook? One of the ways we prepare medicines a lot in Ayurveda is to take the powdered or the dried and or the fresh herbal components, cook in water gently with some ghee or other oils until the water is gone and the active constituents of the herb have entered the fat and then we strain out the the material and we have a medicated ghee. So is that the right thing for this person? So we have the carrier, the anupana, which is the carrier medium, and then we might have a few extra supporting and carrying type herbs to help that licorice be digested and penetrate to where we want it to go, you know,
0: which tissue, which organ. I know I would vote for all of the ghee formulas. (laughs) (laughs) You little vata. I am such a vata.
1: (laughs) Well, ghee is actually a good rasayana in and of itself because it really supports the digestion and it's a penetrator. So, you know... A lot of these things sound so mysterious because we're trying to grasp these abstract qualities and descriptions, but you can see, you know, certain things penetrate your skin easily and certain things don't, right? Coconut oil doesn't just fall right into your pores that easily. You need to rub it in a little bit, especially if it's a cold temperature out, right? Whereas if you drop more of something like an alcohol tincture on your skin, it disappears really quickly. We do know the sensory qualities of these things, and we can kind of use that to help us understand how some of these carriers work. If we have something like ashwagandha, which is, you know, wonderful for helping with stress, with sleep, it's also used to improve the male reproductive ability. And there's been some studies showing that it really helps with inflammation and can help with improving memory. As well as stress and anxiety. So it's great, but it is a little hard to digest. Hmm. And so you might want to, you might want to understand. It's hard for you to do this yourself without training, but you could understand why you want to look for that maybe in a formula that's got some things to support your absorption of that. And actually, we do have some great traditional formulas in Ayurveda, one called Chavan Prash. Have you heard of that? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Chavan Prash is like the first sort of multi-purpose adaptogenic formula, and it's in ghee with honey with herbs like ashwagandha, shatavari, bala, which means strength, and it's supported by things like cardamom, ginger, you know, things that are going to help you digest that.
0: I feel like I had it as like a jam. It is a jam. Okay, okay. I'm like, did I have the crazy Chavan Prash, the American version? <laughs> no. no, yeah.
1: It's actually not a jam. It's called a lechium, which means it's lickable. Mm. And even the licking action, you know, you you lick it. In Ayurveda, we're not just looking at the chemical constituencies of everything. We want to know what is the smell? What is the taste? Those have physiological effects on you. When you taste something, when you smell something, that immediately has a bit of an action in your brain, which Set certain things in motion, right? Which will affect your endocrine system and your immune system. It's more we're very multi-layered, you know, you can't just think, oh, drop these chemicals in. It'll right. be fine. Right. It's the whole experience. So ideally, generally, we want to taste everything. So I kind of like the idea of smoothies or treats or whatever with some of these adaptogenic herbs, as long as it's the right, it's the right ingredients for you.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. Okay.
1: So licking, you know, there's saliva, there's the tasting, there's the, and it's a, a little bit of a longer experience, sensory experience with taking that in once or twice a day. You might lick a spoonful of lehem, followed by a half glass of warm milk might be the prescription, something like that. Mm-hmm. And that helps you really digest it. So different from knocking back five powdered capsules, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, completely. It's actually reminding me of, have you heard of the company Four, Four Sigmatic? No. I've heard Taro, the, the owner, speak several times, and he's a really interesting guy. He's from uh, Scandinavia. And basically, the products they create are mushroom teas and mushroom coffees. I love the mushroom coffee. It's funny, like I drink it just when I, whenever I want to. It's not like something I do every single day because my, my mushroom protocol is different my specific mushroom protocols like from my acupuncturist Mm -hmm. but one of the things he talks about is that yeah that savoring something tasting you know tasting it on your tongue does make it more bioavailable I do not know if the coffee is (laughs) really doing anything but I really enjoy it but the enjoyment does something yeah yeah, it and, and
1: you know we call that the placebo effect, and we kind of discount that because well, it's just the placebo effect; it's not actually the chemical components. But what if it were only the placebo effect, but that is still delivering your nervous system into a good place? Right. What's wrong with that? That's actually one of the one of the means that we use in Ayurveda is you know all the sensory experiences, the the six tastes. Known as the six resas in Ayurveda are one of the foundations for how we understand how an herb works. Its taste helps us to know what its action will be in the body. But also the taste of food creates emotional responses, each of the six tastes, which are sweet, sour, salty, bitter, pungent, and astringent. And these are also the same six tastes we use in herbology. They sort of awaken different emotions in us, each one of these, right? Sweet what does that awaken for you? Mm. Bitter. What does that awaken? And these are not just ideas of experiences, but emotions are actual physiological events in the body, which is part of why stress and worry, it's it's an actual physical event. Mm. So I love that you love your mushroom coffee, whether (laughs) the chemical components are part of it or not, in a way it doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's sort of how I feel. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not even
1: just how you feel. It's really true. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like if, why not get a beneficial effect to the body from the least harmful possible way? If your spouse smiles at you every morning, that's good medicine. Oh,
0: yeah. It's so true. <laughs> it's, no, it's so true. I've always, 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 no matter what, tried to wake up my kid with a big smile on my face, like, yeah. you know, I've always. And then, you know, whatever happens after that, it's usually downhill from there. But like, <laughs> I always wake her up in the sweetest, you know, way. Good morning,
1: so. honey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I think that's so part of the context for this is, yeah, get into the herbs. But Keep stepping out, you know, to a wider view of why do I think I need this and work both sides, you know, go ahead and get yourself an adaptogenic formula or try out uh, rhodiola to reduce your fatigue and anxiety. But also, you know, is there something else that's maybe even less expensive and more integrative to your life, Mm. like some great restorative practice or more yoga nidra or choosing to be around people that make you feel good or whatever.
0: Yeah, I, yes, yes, completely. I, I'm fortunate enough we have an infrared sauna in our backyard. I almost feel guilty saying that because it just feels so opulent. (laughs) (laughs) But it's supposed to be really, it's great for many reasons. And, and I went through this phase where, I stopped using it just like you just like you do. You just think you've used it for a while. You feel busy, whatever. And I have been so run down lately. And I have made a commitment, you know, that I'm going to be back in there at least three times a week. And even if it's just for 10 minutes and just that act of like deciding, because, you know, it takes more than 10 minutes. It's like you have to warm it up and you have to get dressed. And then afterward, you have to take a shower and the whole thing and just like the recognition that that needs to happen has slowed me down a bit and i'm tr- it's make-
1: i might have a suggestion then
0: and it applies
1: to taking our adaptogenic herbs too in india you know during my time directing rasa ayurveda and being involved in the care of so many hundreds of women from all over the world who really came with most of them came with a real need to be restored like mm-hmm. a real- need to be revived. And so I learned so much, so much from being right in the heart of the land where Ayurveda springs from. And one of the things I learned is that no treatment is given without interruption even the body gets tired and the mind gets tired of certain things or it stops paying attention to them mm-hmm. we literally adapt you know we become like mute to it yeah. or it just becomes like oh i have to keep doing this the rest of my life it's like the self care list you and i used to laugh about like <laughs> how long is it oh how God. many issues will it take of yoga journal to list this list <laughs> and how much time can people dedicate you right. know so what i learned through you know the doctors and my brother there who had lifetime experience, traditional medicine, is that 41 days is a treatment cycle. Mm. It's the maximum we would ever receive a patient for. We had patients for between one week and six weeks. So 41 days, and then you must take a break mm. of anything you're doing.
0: So that's even so interesting.
1: deep adaptogenic herbs that are basically helping tonify us and kind of keeping us going. And, you know, I'm not talking about, obviously, your critical right. um, pharmaceuticals that your doctor has prescribed, because that's another thing. But when you're talking about trying to improve yourself with some kind of activity or herb, try doing one mandalum. Wow, that's 41 really days, helpful. And mm-hmm. then take a two-week break. That can also help... Your body sort of temper to the effects instead of becoming dependent or becoming immune to the effects. It can help your body sort of re like downshift. And then when you re engage, if you choose to re engage with that same therapy, whatever it is, your self care practice or your herb. Or whether you decide to shift it up a little bit and do something slightly different, it's kind of like taking a rest when you're on a hike, you know, when you, you hike a certain way and you kind of get warmed up and you take a five minute break or a three minute break to just rest and breathe. And then you start up the hill and you feel even better than you did, you know, you feel stronger for longer. So there's a tempering that kind of going back and forth. Hmm need to go back and forth. We need to travel between doing and not doing, being affected and not being affected in order for anything to have its good effect. So take that two-week break and then you won't feel like, okay, I've made the commitment and now I'm already starting to feel a little resentful. <laughs> right. <laughs> because it feels like a sentence.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. For
1: 41 days. Or if that's too much, you know, the famous 21 days to make a change mm-hmm. thing. I noticed through many, many... Women receiving treatment, 21 days was the essential kind of minimum to get to a new stable baseline of well being. So, 21 days is a good minimum, Mm -hmm. and 41 days is a good full don't do more than that.
0: Got it. Wow. I've never, that's so interesting and helpful. I've never heard that before. So simple, right? But it it really helps take a lot of stress and possibly lack of effect out of things. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. People do better, especially in right now in modern life, it like smaller commitments. It just, it makes more sense. <laughs> so there's two specific, well, actually there's one more. I, I really wanted to ask you about ashwagandha because I feel like when I worked at Yoga Journal, any time I read about Ayurveda or like spoke to someone, it was always ashwagandha or triphala were like the mm-hmm. two herbs that came up over and over and over again. Are those the two most commonly used herbs, or was I just imagining that?
1: Well, probably now they are, thanks to Yoga Journal. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> no, 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 I'm kidding. Tripola. Let me talk about Tripola. Tripola is probably the most well-known, very common. It's actually a formula. It's not a single herb. Try three. Fala fruits. It's three dried fruits. And one of them you'll probably recognize, amalaki. Have you heard of that name before?
0: I don't think I have. That was real
1: popular maybe hmm, five or 10 years ago. There were a lot of companies selling amalaki, the highest in vitamin C. I oh. had an amalaki tree uh, right behind my house in Kerala across the street from the clinic. What ki- what, kind, what kind of fruit is it? Is it? It's called the Indian gooseberry. Okay. It looks like a gooseberry, but it's, our gooseberries in um, northern climes grow on shrubs kind of like they look like little raspberry bushes but the indian gooseberry looks very similar only it's larger harder and it grows on a tree okay and so that's one of the three fruits haritaki is another and bibhitaki is another so these three fruits all from trees are dried and powdered in equal amounts to make triphala and the reason triphala is so incredibly popular and really considered like a panacea is that it's considered a tonic for the colon. Now, why is that so important? Why would that be so fundamental and so ubiquitous? Because a little bit of what we've been saying that in order to get the benefit of anything you're adding in, you have to be able to, you know, get the toxins out. Absorb it. Yeah, yeah. get the toxins out, but but it's not just about Getting the toxins out. It's also about the ability. Absorption. Yeah, it's about absorption. And yeah. in the Ayurvedic theory of digestion, now this is something most people don't know. There are three stages of digestion. The first one is in the stomach. The second one is in the intestines, right? And the final, and in a way, most important stage, the most refined stage, is at the end in the colon, where it's understood that the fine prana where the very subtle vital energy of everything we've taken in, you know, our, our raw diet, right, full of good prana, that is absorbed just before elimination in the colon. And so if the colon isn't operating well, or like you said, needs detoxification, or if it's just not tonified, like if the muscle structure, all the fine layers of muscle, if the right mucosal lining isn't there, all that stuff, then we're not going to get the fine prana. So in Ayurveda we don't think oh just the you know the calories the carbs the proteins and the chemical constituents we're also really looking as our human being being part of a greater living system we're never part, apart from this huge living system you know our mm-hmm. planet and all the elements and all the plants and so when we take in these plants especially the special magical herbal plants we want not only their gross components, but the their subtle intelligence, almost like their, you know, people are into essential oils for this reason. It's like their essential personality is in the most subtle. And that really gets absorbed in the colon. So if that's not too esoteric for you, we can all take a little trifla. It's really easy to take. You can take the powder, stir it into a glass of warm water and let the powder settle, drink the water. Hmm. A lot of people drink it every night before they go to bed or every morning when they first get up to just keep that process stable, keep things kind of clean and, and functioning well. And then that's really going to support the digestion of something more nutritive, like an adaptogenic herb. Hmm. So it's it's not adaptogenic to the nervous system in the way we've been talking about. It's more adaptogenic to the function of the overall body and that connection to prana.
0: Cool. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. What about maca? Maca is another one that's just so popular.
1: It's also, it's kind of similar to ashwagandha in that it's heavy and very nutritive and it smells like butterscotch. So it's fun to add into, you know, a treat kind of formula. I didn't realize that. It does similar, actually. It's kind of similar to ashwagandha. It enhances your energy, improves stamina, you know, can help with having the deeper reserves for better athletic performance, memory, and, you know, kind of support you if you're tired or you have chronic fatigue, that kind of thing.
0: I think I need to. I realize (laughs) I need to take this offline. We need to take this offline. I need to do a consultation because all the things you're talking about, like memory, all these things are like really coming up for me lately. So I completely hear you. Well, that's a big
1: part of Risayana is longevity, you know, supporting all Mm -hmm. the systems so that we can keep going. We didn't really talk about the urinary system. But that's another area. The main areas of focus for Rasayana or for rejuvenation are the muscles, the nerves, the urinary system, and the reproductive system, and of course the immune system.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Why the urinary system? It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Um,
1: Because that can be actually a place where infection and dryness and dysfunction can once that gets a foothold there it can really sap your vitality wow Uh, i i've read that uh even mental illness and mood disorders can be related to urinary tract infection
0: oh my goodness
1: it's where the waters of life are literally flowing through our body you know and and the contiguousness of water, the unbroken flow. If you have problems in your urinary system, it can really disrupt
0: the rest of you. So, are there specific? Well, I'm sure there are formulas, but it's it's
1: yeah. Here's it's very a fun, individual, or well, here's a fun particular ingredient to know about. It's called gakshura in Sanskrit. And it's called goat's head weed or horny goat's head weed. (laughs) Wow. Bakshura, because that means cow's hoof in Sanskrit, because another name for it is puncture vine tribulus terrestris, because it will puncture tires. It has sort of a, it looks like a, a little goat's head with horns on it. And the horns are like little spines that are really... You know, they can puncture a tire or get into a cow wow. So Anyway, yeah. this herb contributes to overall sexual and urinary strength and health. And a lot of these two double as aphrodisiacs. Hmm. Because you, if you don't have the underlying vitality and strength to reproduce or to use your reproductive system <laughs> to engage in whatever it wants to engage in you're not likely to have desire that's
0: so interesting yeah that makes sense so they're stimulating and so they yeah are st- they can be
1: stimulating if they're aphrodisiac they're stimulating but the general thing that we're going for with gokshura is tonifying
0: uh-huh
1: and then shatavari i really want to mention oh, you asked about ashwagandha ashwagandha is a, is great for everybody really i mean not everyone though i want to say can tolerate these I actually have a hard time with ashwagandha. I get kind of some not great side effects from it.
0: Just like digestive side effects?
1: Yeah. Yeah. My skin gets itchy though. Like I, you know, people have different reactions to everything.
0: Right. That's actually something we wanted to, we both talked about before this. We wanted to make clear, like just because they're herbal formulas doesn't mean they're not potent and, you know, you might have a reaction to, to them just like any other drug that you put in your body.
1: Right, or even food. Mm-hmm. Right? So I, I've had people react to sesame oil, you know, to the point where we had to wonder if we needed to take them into the hospital for treatment. So anything can be reactive, and these are more powerful anythings. So you definitely want to take it easy, you know, and follow your practitioner's instructions on ramping up slowly to whatever your dose is going to be. Yeah. So ashwagandha. In addition to doing the things I mentioned before, reducing pain, helping with sleep, immune function, dialing down inflammation in general, and it's shown some promise in improving memory, it also is famous for supporting male reproductive health. And then the sort of counterpart to that is called shatavari, and it has a great name. Shatavari is an asparagus plant, and we grew it like many other Ayurvedic herbs we grow at Rasa Ayurveda. It's really beautiful climbing asparagus plant, but the name means having 100 husbands.
0: (laughs) That sounds like a nightmare. (laughs) I know. We don't want those 100 husbands, but we want the capacity if we. Oh, I see what you. I got it. I got it. Okay. How about like 100 cabana boys?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't think I need any of them at this point. but, But. um, it also boosts the immune system. Anything, almost anything that's supportive to the reproductive system is also going to have a good effect on the immune system. Supportive, I'm saying, not necessarily stimulating. So if it's an aphrodisiac, it may or not, may or may not be supportive to the reproductive system. But if it's just a supportive tonifier, the way we think of how the systems are affiliated with each other in Ayurveda the reproductive system is kind of very close to the top of the chain of how things happen. So, you know, first you eat something, you digest it, it, it benefits your plasma, from there it goes to your blood, from there to your muscle tissue, from there to your, let's see, bone, no, yeah, muscle bone, then to the fat tissue, then to the nervous tissue, then to the reproductive tissue. And then finally, to your immune system, which is the very sort of cream of digesting and intaking whatever you've brought into your body with your digestive effect, with whatever the substances are, and that's the net effect. So if it's touching your reproductive system, it's likely going to have some effect on your immune system as well, and vice versa. If something's striking at your immune system, it's probably affecting all of you. So shatavari is really great. It's more cooling, whereas ashwagandha is a little bit more warming. I find it easier to digest. It's also a lactagogue, which means that it's great for nursing women to support
0: Mm. nursing
1: babies. And one of the fun things that I loved living in Kerala and supplying medicines for everyone, we made a lot of medicines in our clinic, and like I said, grew a lot fresh, is that we got to eat them as foods a lot of the time. And so once in a while when the season was right, we would get to have pickled shatavari asparagus. Mm. Oh, so good. That sounds you can so good. Medicine, you know, you can. Yes. I also had Tulsi, uh, you know, the holy basil, which is uh, more of a, a stimulating type adaptogen. Can It's a great replacement for coffee. It's oh. great for clarity mm-hmm, and headaches. And it's definitely a stimulator, but in a calming kind of way. It's 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 a unique thing. It's holy basil and it's grown outside every Hindu home and mm. every temple. And as you pass by, it has a lot of fragrance. It has a lot of eugenol, the essential oil, the same essential oil that you smell in clove. Anyway, my brother who worked with me there in the clinic, Sanju, my Malayali brother, he once did a mandalam, a short seven-day mandalam of freshly squeezed Tulsi leaves into a juice for me every day for seven days oh, it was quite so sweet an amazing experience squeezed by hand
0: wow. put them in a
1: cotton cloth and squeezed by hand <laughs> oh I want to cry oh. it was an amazing experience and I'm sure the love was part of the healing but yeah. it really helped me in a high stress time
0: wow oh my gosh So, there's two more things before we go. The first is I want to just mention, I mentioned this in the Claire podcast, but knowing where your herbs and supplements are sourced is super important because they're not regulated in this, at least in the United States. And right. you definitely want to be careful that things are not grown with the potential of, or even processed with the potential of adding mercury. Yeah. Are there, is there anywhere online, like as a resource that we could put a link to for buying herbs?
1: Uh, I'll put a link up. Let's do ayurmama.com slash adaptogens. Okay. And I'll put a s- several sources there. And that is really, really important. There is a sort of sub-tradition of medicine processing in Ayurveda where mercury is actually added into the formulations. Hmm. And those medicines I would never recommend, even if they worked at some point or they work now, if prepared, you know, in the specific way, there's no way to know whether the magic is sort of an alchemical approach to Mm -hmm. adding in these heavy metals and then through a particular way of processing for many, many days and all that, you know, the toxins disappear and it like supercharges the ingredients. But I could never recommend that anything with Mercury knowingly introduced is not okay, or lead, or anything like that, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. But the other big problem is ground contamination. Right. Yeah. And yeah, so absolutely. I use a couple of companies that I really think are great. And I can put some sources too of some of the alternative preparations, more traditional preparations like the chavan prash, the jam, the lickable layhams, that kind of thing people might want to try.
0: Sure, sure. Yeah, the one for uh mushrooms that I use that I feel good about is host defense. Have you heard of them?
1: I'm not real well educated in mushrooms. I've used them a little bit, but I'm looking into learning more.
0: I have always like had the my body has like the best reaction to mushrooms. Like it's so immediate and I can feel it and so that's always been one that I've kind of fallen back on for different reasons. And Host Defense is a company that was started by a man who created the formulations for his, his wife who was ill. So they're just like very transparent and have been around for a long time. And I trust them. Other thing I wanted to bring up before we go is you put a note for me that you have. A, is it an online inten- intensive that you're doing? Oh, yeah. I'm so excited about this. I am too. I might want to do it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Juicy Revival. This is a program. It's a hybrid program. So it's partly online. There's content to consume online. There are things to do in your life through each week of the program. There's getting together with a group of women online once a week. And there are one-on-one sessions with me. So you could come and meet with me in person, but it's fine to meet With me online, actually, during all my years of directing my clinic, my main, main job was to coach and counsel all the women going through transformative, you know, revival. And because my son had his accident and I had to be away from the clinic for months at a time. I learned how to do a great job hmm. meeting people online, even if they were in my clinic and I couldn't be there Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's continued. So this is a special program that really walks a woman through total revival, physical, mental, emotional, and even that soul reconnection revival after trauma, after deep depletion, after illness. Because our bodies and even our spirits can sort of try out and get disconnected. And we need to take the steps. And they're really not that complicated, but they really need to be taken so that we don't end up in our trauma loops or in ongoing depletion, depression, anxiety, sleep problems, um, digestive problems, the kind of chronic systemic problems that, that can start to squeeze your confidence and courage out of you when they go on too long. And so I've worked with so many women this way. And I've been this woman too. I've gone through so many traumatic experiences and, you know, ongoing trauma and depletion. And so I really, I know from the inside (laughs) (laughs) what it takes Mm -hmm. and, you know, my whole training and experience in Ayurveda. And what's so beautiful to me is, the reason I was drawn to Ayurveda really in the first place is not just because I'm an Indiophile, although, you know, I am, but because it's really a simple set of reference points for helping us just be a lot more intimate and a lot more masterful with life. It's not about anything Indian. The principles can really benefit us, you know, anywhere. And At this time, I just feel that a woman who's been through something, who's been through loss, if she can come back, or even not necessarily back to where she was, but if she can move forward into a new, tempered, more resilient version of herself, not only is that great for her, which is, you know, my first hope that she have a wonderful, fulfilled and enjoyable life, but that's a powerful force for our world, you know, when Mm -hmm. someone has gone through you know, gone That's through it—that's so it.
0: true. Mm-hmm. And, and then
1: you need those, men. and those are my favorite women to hang out with too. Yeah. Honestly, because <laughs> you know, you start to get your priorities straight, right? Yeah, and you have, and you build character. It's really true. You do. You build character and focus and that kind of gravitas, but not if you're not okay. And so, I think it's a it's a critical point when a woman is struggling and especially struggling for too long. It's really important to get that revival, and then that can spill over, and she can start reviving the world.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 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 So when does it start? Or is it sort of like happening now?
1: I, uh, what I do is as long as I have space for someone, I book a call and talk with people who think they're interested in that and just see if they're, you know, if what I have is really what they need and if they're a good fit for the juicy revival program. And if they are, they get to start as soon as they're ready. Cool.
0: Yeah. That's great. Well, this was a really interesting conversation, and I definitely want to book some time with you to do my own little consultation about adaptogens, because as I said, I've just been super depleted, sort of inexplicably lately. Well, you've been through, girlfriend. Yeah, you can say that. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I know I can. (laughs) Well, well, let's do it. Let's definitely do it. And thank you so much for this time. I always have so much fun talking with you and hanging out in yoga land
0: aside from Jason you are my my most repeated guest oh my goodness yes I know
1: of great that's like getting an award thank you so much (laughs) for having me back you're so welcome (laughs) long may it continue
0: (laughs) oh my gosh well thank you so much Nika and you're a big hug and a kiss you too from the east coast to you (laughs) okay bye talk soon okay bye-bye Thanks as always for listening. I will put show notes at yogalandpodcast.com slash episode 129. I also did have my consultation with Nika since we did this podcast and she's given me all of her recommendations. And so I need to incorporate them and report back to you, which I will do. It will encourage me to actually take the time to incorporate them. If I know that I owe you the info. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening until next week. Enjoy your practice.